You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. All righty, everybody. Well, welcome to uh, the second session here, the class on pursuing your dreams. Let's give it up for the four amazing singles up here. They're going to introduce themselves, and my wife is going to be moderating the class. So right now what I'm going to do is I'm just going to begin with a quick word of prayer, and then I'll let my wife take over. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Father, we're so encouraged that uh, you do give us dreams. Uh, you put e- eternity on our hearts. You give us visions, goals, and you want us to pursue them in an incredible and in a way of with integrity and just in an amazing way for us to achieve them before you. And I, I'm grateful that you put those things on our hearts and our minds to achieve. I know that we all want to make it to heaven. That is truly the ultimate goal, to be with you forever. However, as we're on this earth, we know that we have to go through our journey. And during that journey, we want to excel in everything. And so I pray, Father, that we excel in our faith, in our relationships through love. But also as we serve our community and give and make an impact in our community, especially during the life stage of singlehood. I just ask that you be with us right now, that we can be learners and and hear from these four incredible brothers and sisters, these amazing singles that have achieved their goals or want to continue to pursue their goals. I know that it's going to be encouraging yet convicting, and I ask that you're with this class. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Here's my amazing wife, Nicole Padilla. Amen. Amen. So I'm really just going to be the moderator. These four are going to shine today. You're going to have an opportunity to ask questions. And so today is about pursuing your dream. So it's really about, you know, how can we be the best that we can be in our careers for God to influence God, to influence the world around us. And so our four panelists, I'm going to say their first names, but I really want them to introduce themselves. And what they're going to share is they're going to share how long they've been a disciple, I definitely want you to know where they're at in the min- or which region or ministry they're in. And they're also going to give a professional elevator speech. Where are they at professionally right now? So we have Nick, Melissa, Lola, and Julio. Woo-hoo! Awesome. So we will let them go ahead and take a few minutes and introduce themselves. We'll go from Nick all the way down to Julio. Sure. Hello. I'm Nick Salvato. I'm part of the West Side region. Um, I think the other question was how long I've been a disciple. I think nine years. And, um, right now I am a real estate developer, uh, with a focus in real estate. I opened a few restaurants, um, did a whole gamut of small businesses, uh, started a charity that, uh, operates a halfway house or sober living and a couple other things, but from, for the most part, real estate development and real estate investment. Um, happy to share that with you if you have questions. But again, my name's Nick. Thanks. Um, my name is Melissa, and I've been a disciple for 17 years. Um, and I've been in the Turning Point the whole time, or the AMS. And um, I am a music executive for film and TV. I worked at ABC Studios for 10 years, so worked on like Lost, Grey's Anatomy. Did all the Marvel shows, like Luke Cage. I'm trying to think of the other ones. I'm emotionally blocked out. out. All right. She's in, oh, she'll, she'll share in a minute. But, um, and now, um, for three years, I've been at Amazon Studios, uh, overseeing the music for all of their original series. So that's domestic, 
about 50 shows there, and then international, about 20, and that's uh, the UK, Ireland, um, Spain, France, Italy, Brazil, and Mexico. So I oversee all things music-related. So if it's in the show, then it's music. If it's out of the show, I also deal with music for marketing. Um, that can be social media. It can also be Super Bowl spots, um, both equally stressful. And, uh, yeah, that's me. Um, so my name is Lola Brown. I am in West Side here in L.A. now. Um, most recently moved from Portland, Oregon. Hey, Portland out there. Um, so I currently work at Netflix. I'm an HR director there, um, supporting kind of a global team. Um, and previously I was at Nike and Apple, so pretty much on the West Coast, mostly in tech. Um, I've been a disciple nine years. It'll be 10 this year, which I'm very, very excited about. And yeah, that's it, I think. Hello, everyone. My name is Julio Guaman. I'm eight years as a disciple uh, from Lighthouse Church of Christ. I lead a single Latinos over there. Um, yeah, 18 years in the United States. I'm from Peru. I study electrical engineering in Peru. I work in the top five uh, metallurgical plants in Peru. I got a contract to work in the United States. I went to a school for five years also here, uh, working for doing electrical projects for the state and the government. And we are building right now a power plant in Long Beach. I started like five years ago uh, a new business so called Solar Energy. Uh, mountain panels in the houses and buildings. Uh, well, I'm working on it right now. Uh, yeah, I think I have so much dreams I wanna share. I have a little slides also to share with you. Uh, some tips that I have to share with you. I hope can help. Um, thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Amen. Absolutely, thank you guys. So they come from a background of a lot of experience in different industries, different backgrounds, and they have very different perspectives on how maybe they have pursued their dreams. And so I'd like to just ask specific questions of each of them, and then they can specifically share. And then after that, I want you to be able to ask questions. So go ahead and think of that. So I wanted to start with uh, Melissa because she briefly shared a little bit of her story, and there's some big adversity that she's had to face in her life, and there's some things that God has really had to teach her in order to get to where she's at. It didn't just come because she's charismatic and has a cool look, you know? So <laughs> so I'd love for you to share maybe a little bit about what God has taught you to, to get to where you're at. The Lord has also evolved my look over the years, but um, <laughs> uh, as I have evolved in my character, no, um, for me... Okay. Um, well, I grew up, my mom was a single mom. She had me when she was 18 years old. I'm from Georgia. Um, I was born to her. She lived in a trailer. Both my parents were addicts. Um, I became an addict at 14, or I was a full-blown addict by the time I was 14. And so I became a disciple at 21. And by then I had no character. I didn't even know who I was, let alone what my dreams were. And so I feel like God really um, took me on a journey for about the first four years that I was a disciple to even find out who I was, but also to figure out what my dream was. And once he did hone in on my dream and was building my character, like 
he really did open all the doors. And it was so beautiful because as he was building me up, like God's timing is always perfect because um, there was no music uh, industry classes or anything. Uh, they started the year after, before I decided to um, pursue a career in music. Uh, my job didn't exist um, until six months after I graduated my first job at ABC. And then Amazon wasn't even, Amazon Studios wasn't even a thing for the first like 10 years of my, my career. So I feel like God has constantly been building my character. Um, cause I feel like my motto is always like, God's not going to give a baby a bicycle, you know? And it's like, he wants to give you your dreams, but he's not going to give you anything that you can't handle. And that it's actually going to destroy your dreams if you don't have the character and uh, the discipline to handle it. So I feel like God was really um, building my character so he could actually give me all the dreams that he had for me. And I've been sober for 17 years, so. Congratulations on your sobriety for the last 17 years. That is huge. Um, I did grow up in a, in an alcoholic family as well, so I'm being refined. It's difficult. So I absolutely understand. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and I, I actually am, am super inspired by Nick. If, if I can ask you a specific question as well, bro, is, um, okay, tell us about your adventures or your ventures that you're doing because he's involved in a lot of different things. And actually one of them involves our specific ministry, which is really interesting. But then, I love your convictions about how you get there, you know, the networks and how to really utilize the kingdom of God in, in the uh, new businesses that you're starting. So please share that with us. Sure. Uh, well, I guess it, to answer that question, I'd have to tell you a little bit about my background is I got converted in college. And uh, maybe some of you can relate to this, but I went straight into the ministry after I graduated. And I was excited. I was sharing my faith like crazy. I wanted to build the kingdom. I felt like I was important or like somehow special because, you know, people wanted to hire me to work for the church. Um, I later got fired. <laughs> and uh, I was extremely depressed and spiraling and wondering, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> do I go back to grad school? Maybe you guys, some, some of you guys are asking that. Like, as you finish, you know... Your first year, or as you join the singles ministry, you leave the campus ministry and you enter college. Do I go back to school? <laughs> um, gosh, I was studying for the GRE and thinking, oh, wait, maybe I should go to law school. Um, and I got connected with some disciples. Actually, some of you guys know Steve Lounsbury. Um, he was the one that fired me, but paradoxically or ironically, he said, hey, um, there might be some opportunities for you within the kingdom where you can link up with some disciples that are entrepreneurs. And I thought about that. And I had a job lined up at Boeing, which was actually, I, I felt like it was a pretty safe, decent company. I, a lot of people think different opinions about them now, but I thought, hey, I'm going <laughs> to, I, I, hey, this is a great, I'll have a, you know, safe, cushy, you know, entry level job at Boeing and work my way up, way up the corporate ladder. Um, or I met up with a disciple who had been a real estate developer for 30 years. And he said, I'm going to pay you peanuts, but I can teach you how to do X, Y, and Z. I can teach you how to be an entrepreneur. One of the things he said, which, you know, I liked the fact that he was a disciple. He said, you know, I'll figure how to, you know, that you can use experience. Because I think, you know, one of the things he taught me is money can be taken away from you at any time. Your job you can lose at any time, 
but um, no one can take away from you the experiences that you that you create, the skills that you develop, and the relationships and the level of trust of, that people invest in you or people believe in you. So I, I looked at that, and honestly, I was like, oh, well, I, I should probably go to Boeing for sure. <laughs> Um, but I ended up joining him and, um, he equipped me along with a bunch of other disciples that, I mean, I I hope you see this, like the kingdom, there are a lot of people that are not in ministry that are extremely talented. I mean, all the people here, um, that have incredible skills. I'm sure a a lot of you guys here, it's like, okay, this person is incredibly disciplined and incredible character. This person is great at sales. I mean, there were so many resources that I had no idea that I had tapped into as by virtue of becoming a disciple that, hey, I could link up with some of these other people, learn from as many people as I possibly can, and create something or do something that's meaningful. So, I, I mean, maybe that's a long-winded answer to the question. I don't want to take up more time. But I'd say that there are, I got connected with a lot of disciples and still am of people that are in different industries and figuring out ways to work together or figuring out ways to lay at their feet so that I could, I could build something or build a future and then impact. Uh, you know, one of the things that she mentioned, we started a 88 person charity that or 88 person building that, um, houses people that would otherwise be homeless. And it's a charity. It doesn't require donations. It self-supports. Um, we're impacting downtown LA. And I used real estate skills to house those people and then create a drug recovery program to, um, and it supports disciples. Some disciples work there. It's a charity. People do their hope day there. I have ambitions to do more. Um, but that's just one of the things that I feel like the most proud about personally, that that's a cool, um, thing that I was able to be a part of. Yeah, thank you for sharing. And I just wanted to share the power of what he's doing and how he's mobilizing disciples to be connected within the businesses that he's working at. Um, one of our single brothers that's in downtown Skyline, the specific ministry we lead, um, helps manage the sober living home. And so um, my husband Pablo and Augustus have worked together on having a Tuesday night or Tuesday afternoon Bible talk every Tuesday. And my husband goes consistently. And so different guys have come in and out, but there's this one guy has always been there and is very consistent with that Bible talk. Sometimes it's just him. And he had actually been coming around to our church for about a year before that on and off, but seeing the consistency in the sober living home from a disciple, he studied the Bible and just got baptized two weeks ago as he was amazing. When he came out of the waters, we signed him up for Catalyst, just FYI. <laughs> Literally. And the, and one of the brothers who was in his Bible study sponsored him to come here. And so, um, it's, it's just so inspiring how the connections within the ministry can actually save souls if we all work together. So thank you for that. Um, and, uh, you know, Lola, when she kind of shared her story, if we can now move on to Lola, I'm just super inspired. I just looked at her LinkedIn profile. I was like, wow. Um, she really worked up within the industry within HR. And um, she was able to step into any place and just have this flexibility 
to kind of take on any role and any new responsibility while sticking to her discipleship, sticking to God, and helping people see God. So I'd love to just kind of hear your, um, maybe a little bit about how you got to where you're at and how God has really allowed you to play a picture in that. Um, sure. So... So probably a little harder for me than most because I don't really consider myself like very successful or a person who was set for like pursuing your dreams. That's just not how I see myself. Um, I think that, you know, I think the thing that stands out most is I was working in HR for a very long time already and... When I moved to the West Coast, um, I was with Walmart in a regional role. I moved up to the Bay Area also with a job relocation. Um, and I wasn't a disciple. I think the thing that really stands out the most was when, you know, that next opportunity to promote and relocate again came while um, I was about three months as a disciple. And... You know, it was like this role I'd been wanting, and it was time to relocate and move. And I remember reading Job for, like, the first time as, like, a three-month-old disciple and realizing that, you know, God, you can take everything, and I want it to be where I was going to be in the bay with the spiritual family where I had, um, like, learned about God and learned about what it meant to, you know, have character and trust God. Um and I remember, you know, my then um, senior vice president down was based in L.A., and she was like, any city you want. And I was like, you know, I'm not ready to leave the Bay. And she was like, well, I don't understand. Are you engaged? And I was like, well, no. And she was like, yeah. I said, well, um, she's like, well, what happened? I said, well, I became a Christian. And I think the thing I'll never forget is she was like, well, I can't compete with God. And so, um, you know, and I told her neither could I. And it meant that I might not have a job during the reorg, um, but I did. And it was fine. And then, you know, I think the thing that people look at are the companies and the brands, which, you know, I think are, um, that's, that's cool. I, I would say that a lot of it is about perseverance and trusting that God knows where he wants you to be. Um, I think that, you know, what I see more about working in in companies who are in positions where you have influence in whatever you pursue, you really just have to really see where God has put you there to probably impact one individual's life more than it is about this big, like, dream or goal. Um, and so I find it a little bit more of that's what I find out of work. Um, I kind of don't remember if that was the question, <laughs> but, but that's kind of the thing that, you know, I think I'd do better with, um, you know, I think it's great if you have questions. Um, I spend a lot of time working with disciples and hopefully in some cases, you know, some of them are interviewing right now at Netflix, which is pretty awesome. And I think that, you know, most recently when I'm asked about referrals, it's, you know, I'm always happy to refer a disciple because I know a little bit about their character, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Right. For the most part. And I shared that with a recruiter, you know, at Netflix. And she was like, I got to go to the church community. I was like, yeah, yeah. But you still got to ask questions. So anyway, that's my thought. Absolutely. 
And I just, uh, I definitely appreciate the conviction that you've held and the small impact that you want to make. You know, you focus on the, on the lives instead of this being this part of this big brand. And, and maybe God has even blessed her in a sense or blessed you in the fact that, you know what, those things aren't important, but I'm going to allow you to have this because I know you want to make an impact. And so it's that purity of heart that I see God probably really values and, and is allowed to, for him to bless you in your career. And so thank you for that. And uh, Julio, uh, <laughs> I'm actually super impressed with this guy because he works long hours, uh, 50, 60 hour a week, work weeks most of the time, but yet he serves in the ministry. Yeah. And you'll see if you're ever uh, his friend on Facebook, it's like, we're doing a Bible study. Uh, I'm so grateful for my church. I'm at a Devo, you know, it's like, um, yeah, I'm running a marathon. Praise God. Here's a scripture, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's interesting because someone even said, what is Julio's, like, career? I just know he really loves the church. (laughs) And so he has this amazing work-life balance um, that I think is super impressive because he gives in the preteen ministry. And he also leads the Spanish-speaking singles ministry in the Lighthouse region. So how do you do it all, bro? And I know you have some tips, so here's your chance. (laughs) Wow, thank you so much for the presentation, Nicole. Definitely it's God. Only with God, everything is possible. I want to share some uh, tips for you and also a little bit about my testimony, how I reached that level. I'm still working on it, definitely. Um, my name is Julio Wamang again. Uh, I'm living in the United States for 18 years. I'm the youngest of the family of six uh, one brother and four sisters. My dad passed away when I was 14 years old. Um, actually, I still going to school only with my mom supporting me. Uh, my dad always told me, son, there is time for everything. Focus in the school, be in the future a provider. Graduate college and anything that you want to be, just graduate. I went to college, I studied electrical engineering. I graduated at age of 20, 22 years old. After that, I was working with the top 10 metallurgical plants in Peru, but always my dream was to come to the United States and to reach the American dream that everyone we want, the immigrants we want when we come to the United States. Um, I, I have five tips to share with you to pursue your dreams. How really God uh, blessed me to reach that level. But the first tip I want to encourage you is, it's about when I was not a disciple, I was focusing a lot to reach my financial stability, my profession. When I came to America, I was just focusing work, going to school, and working every day, and studying, and working, studying, working. I graduated school here in the United States and the five years, at the six years of United States, I bought my house and living by myself, four bedrooms, two baths, and I start my own business and call solar energy. But sometimes we have that in our minds, right? Okay, I want to reach my level. I want to reach my, the American dream, United States. Praise God, I reached like devil. But I didn't have the balance. I was not spiritually strong at all because I was not a disciple. Physically, definitely, I was really not focused at all in that. And emotionally, I was not stable. Ups and downs, ups and downs. 
But when I became a disciple, wow, everything was, oh my gosh, I want to conquer the world with God. One of my dreams is to baptize many people as the first years as disciple. I baptized 10 people my first years as disciple. Uh, I was start, studying, the, uh, leading the singles group of my ministry. Um, so many dreams. One of my dreams, biggest dreams as a disciple was to preach on Sunday service to the marriage and, and singles and campus. Praise God. Last year, God gave me the opportunity to preach to the, to the church on Sunday service also. But in that process, I'm studying and learning about God. God showed me, son, now you need to worship me, taking care of your body. I said, wow, yeah, that's right. I need to focus more about the body of Christ. Because I want to keep sharing my faith. I want to keep, there is a lot of people around this world, they need us. I say, I need to take care of myself because if I'm going sick in the future or something, I will be more focused in my sickness than doing the purpose of my life. I say, I need to focus more in my health, my eating, and different things. I'm going to start running and doing CrossFit. And for the first time in my life, two years ago, I ran my first marathon, LA Marathon. Um, This year... I did, uh, I break my record in 15 minutes and I won, I, I ran, I ran my second marathon, but one of my dreams physically is to go to Boston and run in Boston. Praise God. With God, everything is going to be possible. Amen. Amen. But I want to share with you about this scripture. It's, uh, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Everything you're doing needs to be according to God's will. If you really want to approach your professional career or anything, think about, are you doing it or you are planning? Or you have, what is your purpose? Why are you want to do that? What are your motivations? If you really want to do it, something, if you say, God, you bless me with a house, I want to open my house to have a Bible talk. I want to open my house to share more people, to study the Bible. God, if you bless me with my head and be active, I want to impact more singles. God, if you bless me uh, spiritually, I want to serve more to the preteens. I want to serve. Everything is God. That is the center of our lives. We are doing everything right now. It's for God. Because he's the only purpose. Amen? Amen. Um, definitely, I want to give you really fast the other tips. is Ask you by yourself. I know you are come, You are here because you have a dream. Maybe financially, maybe physically. What is the purpose of your dream? Think about that. What is the purpose of your dream? When you think what is the purpose of your dream, you will be find a motivation. When you find a motivation of your dream, that will be lead you to reach your goals. When you say, I want to lose 20 pounds, that is not really motivated. You know why? Because you will be sacrificed. You are thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not going to eat uh, 
delicious food, something. <laughs> but when you think, you know what? If I'm fit, I will be. I'm, one of my dreams is to be married Sunday. Is I want to have kids. If I really take care of myself, I will be run with my kid and lift him up. I say, I'm with you, son. <laughs> that is my motivation, right? Yeah. If, I'm fed, if I'm feeling good, healthy, I will be keep sharing my faith with so many singles more. I can impact. That needs to be your motivation. Not just I want to lose 20 pounds. That is not really motivated at all. Amen? Yeah. Um, plan your dream. Ask for more advice. Advice is so important. And one thing I want to focus is be thankful and happy for today. Be joyful today. Be happy. Smile. If you are working in any job, in any company, impact your company, impact others where you are right now. Because tomorrow, only God knows. Amen? Amen. I want to share that. Amen, bro. Great job. Thank you. We have a preacher up here. <laughs> um, so I definitely wanted to open up to you guys. You heard a little bit about their perspective, where they're at professionally. You know, where's God played the picture? What are maybe some resources they pulled together? So I'd love just to kind of use this mic and uh, see if you guys have any questions. The actor right here, the, the brother. You know what we're going to do? If I don't mind, uh, Melissa, we'll take, yeah, one of the, these mics. Thank you, Lola. And then we'll, we could pass it around uh, the audience here. And then uh, you guys can use the mic to ask their questions. And then uh, you guys can share one. Perfect. Um, well, okay. And if you could go. say your name and your ministry, oh, please. Uh, my name is Robert Pataros. Um, I'm from Las Vegas. Wow, Vegas. Come on now. The, the city of lost wages. <laughs> no, uh, you know, Vegas is an amazing town. We have an amazing ministry there. Um, I'm uh, lucky enough and blessed enough that I get to um, be there. But uh, I want to just thank you guys. Um, super inspiring um, to really hear your story. Um, but my, my question is, um, what has been the most challenging situation um, in your work life that has made you really, um, uh, that you had to go to God or that you really had to, you know, not say, okay, well, I'm going to do this because of my job, but I'm going to do this for God. What has, um, what have you done in that situation? From me? Anybody? Either one of you Either, that want to share. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I guess the first thing that popped into my head is, um, for me, I had a very, um, Saul David relationship for 10 years with my boss, um, coming up in the entertainment industry, especially as a woman where, um, it's like 1% or executives, you know, especially at that time 15 years ago. And so um, even though I was, I, I worked my way up. I started as her, as her coordinator and worked my way up to be at the SVP level. And so that took 15 years. But um, when I started and when I started getting more successful and God started blessing me, um, she definitely tried to push me back down and um, and would say things like even, like out in professional settings that I had told her secretly, like even, um, one time we were talking about my dad cause my dad worked in music and, um, she was like, but she doesn't talk to her dad anymore to like a director and a producer on a show. And it was just like really embarrassing and manipulative. And so I had to, um, 
I had to pray every day. There were some times where I would go home and I was just crying. And, um, for the last three years that I was there, I really did not want to be there anymore. And, and, uh, I knew it was time for me to move on. I just didn't know when or where that was going to be. But, um, in that time, I really had to not make it about her. It had to be completely about giving glory to God. And, um, I feel like God, and it's crazy because she would always block my promotions and her boss would give them to me. And so I feel like, Amen. like there's no weapon that can be formed against us. Uh, it's Amen. so true. Like, Amen. and I, and it's crazy because she's, she's still where she is. And now I've actually moved past her in my career and she had actually interviewed it at the job that I'm at now. And so I feel like, um, like you win your battles on your knees. And I feel like as an actor, Amen. like, I'm on now. I think that's what they said. You're an actor. Yes. Is that truth? <laughs> Own yeah. it. Um, yes. but I okay. mean, like you win, you win it on your knees, you know? And so, and even for me, like, um, the job that I have now, I didn't even, I didn't even apply for it. They actually reached out to me and they were like, Hey, we heard, we heard about you. And I was like, here I am. I don't know what that means, but, um, but I feel like it was because my, my ultimate goal was to give glory to God. And, um, and also I led the teens for eight years. So I had, women watching me, women growing up watching me. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to teach them. I'm going to lead a path for them so that when they grow up, that they, they know what it's like to be a woman of God in whatever industry they're in. But I feel like God blessed that, but it really, I mean, I've come up against some crazy people in the industry and you, you win it on your knees for sure. And prayer. Amen. Thank you. Appreciate the question. Who wants to go next? You could just pass it to whomever you'd like. Thanks. Uh, my name is Zach. I'm from the North Region in uh, Shoreline. <laughs> and um, my, my question is, first of all, thank you, everyone, for, for being here and sharing your stories. Um, I think all of them are very inspiring. Um, my question is for Nick, though. Um, as an entrepreneur, um, there's a lot of unknowns and fear of failure. And I was wondering, how do you deal with all of those what-ifs, all of those questions that you, you come to a come to sort of a roadblock, that mental mental block? How do you deal with that? That's a tough question. Um, being an entrepreneur requires that you have a tolerance for risk. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen, and especially if you're doing something like a restaurant, which I would not advise doing. It's one of the most risky businesses that you could get into. And you're, in some cases, I mean, most of the cases you're using, I'm using my own money. In some cases, like, disciples have entrusted me or entrusted me, you know, your team with their finances. And maybe this is my retirement. <laughs> and you're like, wow, okay. <laughs> That's an incredible amount of pressure. Um, I, I think what I do is I will analyze as much as possible without debilitating myself in the process, but I'm comfortable with calculated risk. Yes. Not just risk like anyone can go to Vegas, Vegas, right? Come and on, just, Vegas, yeah. You know, roll the dice. Um, I think part of being an entrepreneur is, yeah, you're comfortable with risk, but also, like, let me think carefully about what the implications are. And I run tons of spreadsheets that calculate, okay, what is the best outcome? What is the worst outcome? Let's plan for the worst outcome as we try to do this. Uh, you know, one of the things that I do with my partner, uh, my business partner, um, we go to this kind of like shark tank thing and, um, he sits on a panel and I evaluate and 
these different entrepreneurs present their idea, and they always have a hockey stick of, okay, well, here's how we're going to perform the first couple years, and then it goes way up, and we're going to be worth billions. <laughs> and I, I, whenever I look at that, I just I always laugh and chuckle because we set these expectations, and it's just unrealistic. I mean, unless you know you're you have the unicorn type deal. Uh, I, people have these unrealistic expectations, so it's important as an entrepreneur to set your expectations very low and plan for the worst possible outcome and just say, hey, I'm going to give it. But the point point is you give it a shot. I don't want to deter you guys from following your dreams or like pursuing that. I think you do have to take risk, but uh, have low expectations. <laughs> Great way to put it. Great way to put it. Can we get a sister? Hello, I'm visiting from Miami. Oh, oh come on, Florida. <laughs> Welcome. Greetings from the East Coast. Yeah. Um, I came because I'm trying to start my second act, I guess you could say. So, um, tunnel. been in sales forever. So done with it, <laughs> you know. So, um, just wondering, and how do you start, like, at the bottom? You know what I mean? Because it's like... When you're in a certain field for a long time, you know, you can go to that next step. But how do you start from the bottom or, or what advice would you guys have for someone maybe doing their, their second act? You know, actually third act, but anyway. <laughs> so um, I'll take that. I, I mean, I'll tell you, I really don't think that you have to start at the bottom because I think you lose sight of the skills that you've built. Um you know, to translate. I do think you have to be able to position yourself and know what it what that means. So, for example, with whatever experience you've had in sales, um, you know, you can move over. Like, you still know people management skills, you know. But I'll, I'll give the practical things because I think this is just... So, like, you know, I'm in HR... I work with a lot of recruiters, although I'm a business partner. I don't do what people typically think, which is I don't recruit, and I only rarely do I, like, hire or fire or do paperwork. But I do think that in terms of giving advice around that is you're looking for a job that, you know, when you're on LinkedIn and you see this job and you're like, hey, I know I can do this. You know, what I would say is it's a lot of it is a numbers game. Read as much other, about other jobs and other companies as possible. Read the job descriptions um, it's really an algorithm. They're searching for keywords. And what you want to do is get your name in front of these recruiters, which <laughs> she happens to be one, right? So, you know, it's like constantly looking at, um, it's not, I don't think you start from the bottom. You know, I mean, I, I know, I, I think it's hard to, um, know that you have all the functional skill of another role, but it doesn't mean you don't have the transferable skill. And if, it, if it's a good recruiter, if it's a good company, who knows that? There are people that go from, I mean, creative producers to production sets to HR all the time, and HR people that go over to the business all the time. I've done operations. I've sat on the board of, of housing. I've done tons of consulting for startups. It's, it's not because of just knowing HR or saying, okay, I have to start and be a coordinator. So I think, you know, really being able to own what your skills are and what your competencies are, those are things that I don't think require you starting at the bottom. 
Um, and then I think just partnering, getting a coach, getting a, a person that's a recruiter, HR calling, doing a lot of informal discussions. I think those things help others see what, what, what you do possess already. And, um, I think the last thing I'll say is apply a lot. As much as I get recruited from tons of companies, I don't think there's a company, fortunately or gratefully for God, that I haven't heard from, whether it's Google or Facebook or anything. I applied to Apple on a Wednesday and got a call on a Friday. You know, but I, what people don't see is like that night until like two o'clock in the morning, I probably apply for 30 jobs. You know, because it's, it's kind of statistics, you know, um, and I know that's a little understated, but I do think that we apply for one or two jobs. I think as disciples, we aim low. So I would say aim high. Um, you know, a lot of times we underestimate our value and we underestimate our comp, um, you know, minorities, women, you name it. I think, you know, I've, I was talking to a sister who recently was applying for jobs. She sought some advice. She was going to ask for like $79,000, which I know seems like a lot, but in the Bay Area, it's not, (laughs) especially in Silicon Valley. But, you know, and it's like knowing knowing the market, doing your research, being very analytical about your approach to, you know, she's clearly more than 30 or 40,000 over that in terms of where she may have landed because of, you know, doing some research, asking for help and advice. Um, so yeah. Thank you. Amen. Hello, my name is Chloe. I'm from Temecula. Oh, hey. Hi. Um, I'm a writer. Um, and so I'm working on a couple of books and writing is like the kind of thing where no one really knows that it really is a full-time job. Like two, I have to spend like two hours every day, like sitting in the middle of the park, like just to watch how people walk and what color their hair is so I can make like my stuff sound good. Um, it just takes a lot of time. And so it's the kind of lifestyle where you just have to hustle and you have to have like two or three part-time jobs because I need a lot of free time and flexibility. But my struggle is, especially like with my family, it's really hard because they are more focused on, Hey, you need to have a plan B and like get like a nine to five and make yourself good money and this kind of thing. But for me, I'm like, no, I know like, this is my calling from God. Like, I know that I'm good at it. Like, it's been verified by school professors of creative writing who are, like, renowned authors. And I met this editor, this woman who's a journalist who wants to help me find an editor when my book is finished. And so I'm like, I know, like, this is my jam. And so <laughs> it's just hard because I can get really discouraged um, and not want to spend that time because there's no payoff and no one can see, like, what I'm doing. Um in like the time while I'm struggling and trying to work on my work. So how can I practically develop habits that keep me from veering off from this path that God is really calling me to? (laughs) Okay. So I work in music. So obviously when I told my mom that I was quitting school to pursue music, she was like, what? Um, actually she told me to pull myself together is what she told me. But, um, Uh, so I actually did take time off to figure out what I wanted to do. And I think, um, you really do just have to hustle and keep building those skills. And for me, when it would get really hard, I'd find a place where I could recenter. Um, for me, it was the Getty. I would go up there and just pray and cry and like look over the ocean and, you know, and just having that space. But, um, for me, probably like three years, I was interning at record labels, working full-time at a restaurant, going to school full-time. Like I worked graveyard shift and I think you just 
have to keep going, but finding those places and carving out time where you're like, what is my purpose and why am I doing this and letting God speak to you and reminding you that that is your dream. And, and I think for me, like it took three years before I finished school and, you know, got my job. I got my job. I graduated May and I got my job in December um, of the same year. And so even for that, like it was, you know, six months where I was like, uh, did I do the wrong thing? You know, I don't know. I was still working at the restaurant. I was like managing a restaurant at the time. And, and so, um, God's timing is so perfect. And I just want to tell you, like, do not give up, like in your heart of hearts, if you, if God has put on you that you're a writer, like there are going to be dark nights of the soul and there are going to be moments where you want to give up. But I just say, keep pushing through and don't, I, Okay, now my mom is like, I'm so proud of you. And she's, you know, <laughs> now 10 years, that took about 10 years to get to. But um, but you just have to really just stay like, fix your eyes on Jesus, you know, where you're like, I'm not, I'm not veering to the left or the right. I'm going to stay focused. And God will open those doors for you. And, and what he's doing to you right now, it sounds like you're you're building your skill. And so just have confidence in that. Like God will open the door when you're ready, like we're in the right time. And like I said, like my jobs didn't even exist until I actually had the skills to do them. You know, like God created these jobs. Like ABC didn't even have a music department until my my boss started. She was the head of the music department. She started a week before I did. And so we started together. So God has your perfect place and space, and he's creating it for you as he's creating character in you. Wow. Thank you so much. Awesome. Can we get a brother? And then we'll do brother, sister, brother, sister. Oh, I'm sorry. My apologies. I didn't see that. Go ahead, Lola. Tag on for that. Um, yeah. it's, it's a work. I have my list of work scriptures. I'll share one, which is Deuteronomy eight. I would just say read Deuteronomy eight. That's like the work scripture. But in Deuteronomy eight seventeen to eighteen, it says, "You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms His covenant which He swore to your ancestors." And I think, you know, when we're out in the world, it's easy to like, you know, be competitive and think it's this talent and gift, but it's really that God is telling us that he's given us this talent. So I just wanted to share that. That's perfect. Awesome. Yes. So your, your question is, is challenging because I think, um, having come from a stage in life where I was I didn't know what I wanted to do. And even when I was in ministry, it was one foot in, one foot out. And I, I do firmly believe that if I was both feet in, in terms of ministry, I think I could have had a successful run with ministry. So I do think that when you decide on something, do put both feet in and just try to make it work for a period of time, right? Um, I, I, I would say that, you know, also don't settle. Like, I mean, I would, you know yourself really well. Like if, if you're, kind of being lazy and like, you know, like, well, I had this and I, I'm trying. I think if you see some of the stories, I mean, she was working as an intern and managing a restaurant and like doing all these things while she had music dreams, which is kind of like, there was a whole, her, all her eggs were, I mean, she was determined now this is what I want to do, but it's kind of like I had my, I was putting myself out there. And I think I look at a career or jobs as a means to an end. That's why I'm doing a bunch of different things. It's like, it's just making money. Um, the real passion in my life is for God and for making disciples. So 
that really is my career. I, I think, uh, I think, I don't know if some of you guys have that perspective, but it really, at the end of the day, like, what's going to matter, right? Um, if I can use my career talents to serve God, that's, that's the way it should be. Um, but I think sometimes we get caught up in the career is our be all and end all, but it really is like, honestly, just a means to an end. So, I, incredible. That's incredible insight. No one else wants to tag on? And that's it? Okay. Uh, I was just going to say, I studied out Joseph a lot when I was going through all of that because it was like, I was at the bottom. Like, within one day, I was like, at the bottom, like, you know, mail these things for me with people who are the same age as me. I'm like, okay. Um, and then Pierre, and then also in charge. And so I feel like Joseph had all these temptations that he had to overcome, and they seem really confusing at the time. But then once he actually reached his goal, you know, it, everything made sense what he had actually gone through. And, and honestly, like usually I don't do panels like this. People don't even know what my job is in my ministry. I don't even talk about it. The thing that I want to be known for is God. So it's totally what, what Nick said. Come on, sister. Hi, my name is Jaime Velasco and I'm from uh, Northern California from a little tiny place called Santa Rosa. So uh, my question is for, for Nick. Uh, or for everyone else, but um, you have mentioned that you're an entrepreneur and that you used to be in the ministry. So have you thought of, uh, I know we have most churches in the metropolitan areas, big cities, but have you thought of helping other disciples like in the rural area of using your entrepreneurship skills and the knowledge of ministry to start off churches in those areas? So, actually, it's funny you mentioned that rural area. I guess, um, does Indiana kind of count? I mean, that, there's... Yes. Um, so, part of what I learned as by setting up this uh, drug recovery home, I, um, I learned the drug, drug rehab industry um, and the CR ministry. Uh, so, what I did is, you know, I had a, an employee of mine that was building some homes and re- remodeling some homes for me in Indiana that had stolen quite a bit of money from me and relapsed and his wife called me and said I he's going to drug rehab and he's got to drop off all your jobs I thought wow okay I'm kind of in this industry so I'm in escrow right now to buy a church building in the small town of Kokomo Indiana uh and I'm retrofitting it my design is to retrofit it and turn it into a drug recovery home and be another extension of the charity. Um, I am actively in like having conversations with the elder of the church in Indianapolis to try to plant something there um, and surround and kind of build. Uh, if some of you guys are from the Midwest, the Midwest struggles with uh, uh, opioid addiction, and I think um, it's a model that has can really support financially a lot of churches, and, and a church could build itself around. Uh, that kind of format, you know, because it can hire therapists, therapists can go in, they can get paid a great wage to professionally rehabilitate some of these guys. So uh, long-winded, that's, I, I think that may be something that I'm trying to do to kind of help build the church. There's no church in Kokomo, Indiana. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, we're going to wrap it up a couple more. Yeah, I just have a quick question for you guys. Um, my name is Robbie, and um, I'm a disciple in the Orange County Church of Come Christ. Come on, OC. And um, 
I um I'm a I'm a rapper. I'm a disciple rapper. All right. And I haven't always been a disciple rapper. Before that, I was in the world. I was making music, and I had success in that. Um, but what I find is that when God, when I, when you have this thing given to you from God, this passion and this drive to seek your dreams, and you know that, like for me, the music is a way to reach this huge audience of people. You know, this on not this micro level, this macro dream to meet you, to meet you, to to bring people to Christ. But you have to think about the way you go about it so deeply, and I mean, like in the way of. If I come off religious, if I come off like this person, this person, how much do I cut off? And if I don't come off, if I come off not religious enough, how much worldly do I sound? So I guess my question is like a, a question of balance. When you know that God is giving you this, this love and passion to chase a dream so drivenly, and you're one of those people, when you put your mind to something, you just laser focus it in. How do you find the balance in doing what you feel God has asked you to do, your purpose, your meaning, like you were saying, Julio, and still take care of your other priorities. Because for me personally, it's been a struggle to not be like, no, this is what God's put on my heart since I was a kid. This is what the what I see the world needs. This is the direction I see the rap industry going in. This is the direction I know God wants it, what God wants it to be or what it could be. How do you find the balance in not being so focused, and I don't know who's going to answer this question, <laughs> and being so focused on achieving that goal that you start to eliminate the things that are in the way of you achieving that goal? Amen. Great question. I love that question. You know what? Uh, it's so important. First thing, dream. Dream is really important. And we need to have a balance when we are dreaming. Because our goal as a disciple is to impact the world. And we need a balance because the world is focused a lot in prosperity, in money, in careers. And it's good. It's not bad. But to impact these kind of people, we need to be successful also. Yeah. There is a lot of people in the world focusing physical fitness. I want to be look good. I want to be, you know, fit. And to impact this group of people, we need to be there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a balance. Definitely it is a balance. But every, we need to start working on those areas of our lives to impact more singles. There is a many things right now in the media, like a Facebook, a Twitter, and different things. We need to be also, if you want to, <laughs> active on that and impact those groups of people. Exactly. Uh, I want to share something uh, to encourage you. It's in a little time. I have 4,000 something friends in Facebook. 3,000 are not friends of me. I never met them. We could all relate. <laughs> One day, a lady texts me and message me. Say, hey, I see you love God. Wow. I see how do you truly love God? You dance salsa, you do this, you do that. I want to go to your church. I invite to their church where there is a group of salseros, they dance salsa. I told the sisters, please contact with her. I don't know her. She's coming. Guess what? After two months, she called me. Julio, could you please baptize me? Wow. Come on, bro. There is another guy. I never met him. Cuban-American, same thing. Julio, I see how do you love God. 
I want to go to your church. I invite to the church. He started studying the Bible. And also in the same in the same place, I baptized him, this guy, right? But guess what? The beautiful things, when we impact, when we grow in our lives and be happy and be joyful, we can impact these people. Guess what? Can I show the picture? These two, these two guys never met. They start dating together, just dating. Can I show that picture there? Yes. These two people I, I baptized start oh, yeah, dating together. They married and they have a little boy and they are leading a ministry. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's not amazing. It's so important how we really live our lives. If you are happy and joyful right now and you are thankful about what you have right now, we can impact so many singles. In this world. Just I want to share that. We need to have a balance. Wow. Amen. I'm tag Thank on. you. We'll yeah. probably all tag on real quick. Real quick. This will be the final question. I have a closing comment. And then, uh, yeah, this will be the last uh, sharing we yeah. do today. I mean, I, I just think the biggest thing to keep in mind is that you, you're a disciple always. Um, I try not to be religious. I talk about God and my faith all the time. And I work in HR. I think you'd be surprised how many people, um, you know, you, you have to find the language of just being a normal human being yeah. with, you know, exactly. be, be a believer, be someone who you're sharing about your life, who, you know, when I'm there, I'm like, you know, I don't know your beliefs, but, you know, in the essence of bringing my whole self to work, I'm a faith-based person. So when I'm going through this challenge and then I may reference this scripture, you know, and if it's helpful to you, not imposing, not trying to make them a disciple, not trying to make them believe what I believe, trying to be a human who loves people. Regardless, there's a lot in the world in HR. I've worked with a lot of, you know, um, inclusion and diversity, a lot on transgender work policies, you name it, because out of love, not out of a judgment of who people are and what I assume they're going to believe. Um, you know, sometimes by my my gay senior leader has asked me to meet with someone who is not my team to help them, like, come into the company because he knew my faith. He knew I was a Christian. He knew I would take care of them, you know. And so I try to lead with what I value without imposing it on others. So I would just say, you know, keep that in mind about um, we really underestimate that it's this this very separate thing. And, and it just isn't. We cannot be religious. We can't be, you know, um, judging people who have not made Jesus Lord of their lives. Yep. But you want to influence and inspire them as normal as possible, you yep. know, as, as a person who is really driven by your faith. And so I don't make decisions without God. So realistically, when I'm talking to someone, I can. And I, when, when I, I pray before I have to do a termination. Because I know that's a human that God chose and gave a life to. And I care about that. And I want to lead with that empathy and compassion. And really, in Romans 117, you know, I think for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. And right before that, it talks about, um, you know, really um, acknowledging God, you know, and knowing who he is. But it's not a it's not a preachy, judgy thing that we can, like, live in the world and not be of the world but it's because of our it like it is because it's our life not because it's something separate and balancing so i can go hard 
all day at work because even in, in, in Singapore, wherever you are where people are, are afraid of religion, you can still inspire them through hope or any place in the world where, where regardless of what the assumptions are. So, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, just real quick, I specifically work in music, so um, I'll give you a little bit. But I think the biggest thing is knowing who you are as a son of God, you know, because I heard you're like, i got to be this for this and this for this. And I deal with a lot of artists, a lot of like hip-hop rappers. I deal with A-list actors. I deal with A-list producers, directors. Um, I'm the same with them as I am when I'm in church, you know, but it's because I know who, what my my identity is and that I'm enough in God. And I think once you have that established, you're going to be the same wherever you're at. And that goes for music or anywhere else. But I'm like, ultimately first, I am a daughter of God and he's already gone before me, whatever room I walk into. But I know that about myself, you know, I'm like, I know I'm a daughter of God. I walk down the hallway as a daughter of God. Like that's who I am. And I'm telling you, like, Hip hop rap artists, they love me. I don't know why, but like, and I am like, you know, I, I walk in and I have a lot of, you know, friends that are in that industry. And so I think that's just, you show up as who you are and it doesn't like, they almost have to fall in line for you because you know who you are and not in an arrogant way, but it's like, you know, I'm a daughter of the most high. And so I think that's the way. I live my life, you know, and, and, and God, like people like me and they don't even know why, you know, they're like, I like you. I don't even know why I like you. I was like, it's totally God. It's not me, you know? And I've actually had people where they've said no of using their songs. I'm like, God, you change Pharaoh's heart. You can change their heart. The next day would call me and say, yes. So I'm like, it really has nothing to do with us walking in the room. It has to preceded us before we walk in the room. Thank you. Yeah, I'll be brief. I think you want to use, all of you guys have a sphere of influence. Um, you want to use that. I think whatever ability you can, if you can influence someone with a pos- in a positive direction, I know a lot of these guys can share, like, people are watching you. If you're a Christian rapper, people are waiting for you to, to slip up or to do something wrong. Constantly. Constantly. <laughs> and I, I think you can use your influence to... I didn't finish the story, actually, about the guy that stole a bunch of money from me and was a drug addict. Yeah, what happened with that? Uh, yeah, I <laughs> I forgave him. And I said, hey, uh, it's funny, as he was in Indiana, he ended up in a drug rehab in Malibu. And I visited him. And I took uh, a therapist that's part of the church. And we prayed with him. And then uh, I said, hey, he's like, will you sponsor me? I'm like, I have no idea how to sponsor you, but... I'll sponsor you. I thought about it, and then he called me like, "Hey, Nick, I've been going to church." Um, actually, I was thinking the condition. Okay, I'll sponsor you if you go to church. <laughs> but I've been going to church, and I'm like, "I want to get baptized." Well, okay. And right now, he he moved back to Indiana. I convinced him, "Hey, let's think about this. Um, you can have your job, but I, I want you to really try and become a Christian, and um, it's important to me." And I've heard of a lot of business owners or different people that say, hey, you can work here, but you got to study the Bible, which is kind of unorthodox and kind of really different. But I got inspired by that. I said, hey, um, here's what I'm all about. You don't have to. I forgive you. Your your debt's clean. You don't owe me anything. I'd happily give you another shot. Um, But I want you to be part of this church. I want you to go drive down to Indianapolis, get connected with the church there and study. Um, and I, I think this would change your life dramatically. He's been sober for 
six months now. I'm hoping that he continues that, and he's uh, on the uh, baptism study, and he's kind of figuring that out. Um, so, you know, use your influence as much as possible, and, like, I mean, that's the point. It's like if you build your career and you're excellent on it, you can influence tons of people. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And I just want to encourage you guys to some closing comments, uh, and then we'll give a big round of applause to them to close out. But in Matthew 23, verse 11, the Bible reads, The greatest among you will be your what? Servant. And if I could give you any free uh, bit of advice, and I think what I've heard all of them, is that the dream is not necessarily to reach your career. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're trying to be self-supporting, and self-managed to make a greater impact for God. And on the way you're serving, and I hope you didn't hear any like, I just do this for the money or I do this for the prestige, but they do it for Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you guys with that. Keep that in mind. Volunteer, serve, coordinate things. That way you build up your skill set and I'm sure God will bless you. Amen? Amen. We're going to close out with there. Let's give them a round of applause. You've just listened to the Elevate Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.